what's a the classic a more classic type weapon appendage movie? Basically, like you're throwing your social security card at somebody. Oh, Shazamly! <laughs> Captain Gummo is all about the childhood wonder of Mickey Mouse. Instead of electricity, it's piss. Lots and lots of underboob. It's Fandango, whatever, ding dong, a ding dong, a dong, whatever. <laughs> You're already laughing. How's it going? <laughs> oh, I just um, getting over a head cold, nursing a hangover. I'm great. <laughs> and we're getting so early. We're recording so early anymore. Pretty soon, it's going to come full circle to where we actually start recording at like midnight again. Yeah, it, it might. If you weren't so busy, we would record in the evenings. But uh, we gotta. T- I gotta take days off work. For you for, to be to accommodate your schedule. Well, now next week we can. Next week it's all bets are off. <laughs> uh, I would like to get back on a Thursday night at least. Yeah, me too. You're always like you're so busy, and I'm like, oh, you're so I, busy. No, I'm so busy during normal working hours, bitch. Like, <laughs> I got three nights a week during the evening, seven to nine. Let's hang out. And you're like, eh, I'm, I'm busy. How's 8 a.m. for you on a Tuesday? <laughs> oh, it's It makes the show better because it makes it, you know. No, more... not really. No, not so much. <laughs> or does it hinder the show, maybe? Yeah, it hinders me. I don't know if it hinders you, but. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm full of snot and. Oh. <laughs> I heard that squeak. What was that squeak? That's <laughs> my nose. <laughs> You're just breathing. Just yeah, regular it's just breathing. me existing right now. <laughs> this is literally my body trying to get on to the next minute of existence. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, oh just, uh, how's it going? Pretty good. Um, Clearly. <laughs> yep. Oh, boy. I mean, last night was a... Well, I slept, slept pretty good just because... You're just getting over the head cold thing. Um, yeah, and I would wake up every hour and I'd have, like, heat flashes and then I'd have to go pee and drink water. And it's male menopause. It's a real thing. <laughs> but, yeah, otherwise, um, yep, heading to Florida on Thursday for some work stuff and... Uh, I'll actually be down there for a couple of days, just my real estate buddy and I, and then uh, wife and kids come down to be there for a week, so uh, we'll be juggling kid responsibilities and stuff, but looking forward to going back down there and just getting out of the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still putting my list together for the second segment because I've I've, I just, I was going to do it last night, but 
Uh, I, I had all my materials in the living room all ready to put it together, put my list together, my top ten of the month. Uh, but the night before that, uh, my youngest came down with night terrors at three o'clock in the morning, and oh. I didn't get ten solid minutes of sleep after that until I went to work. Just got up and went to work. It's a good long ten, <laughs> good ten-hour day there, and I mean, uh. so by 9.45 last night, I was, oh, and then... For uh, my mother-in-law's, I don't know, it was a birthday or Christmas or whatever, she wanted everybody to get family pictures. So that whole side of the family, we all got together last night and dressed up, color-coded, and and took a bunch of pictures, and, oh, it's fun taking family pictures, isn't it? It's just the Oh, best. it's awful, awful. Yeah, that was my last night. Oh, I hate getting pictures taken. Now, the older the kids get, the it gets a little bit easier. They're able to... It was a lot better last night. Yeah. Than the previous times that we've done this, but uh, still, it's like, eh. Yeah, I I hate that. By the way, that uh, post on Facebook that I posted to your page, I I actually looked at something and I'm like, oh, why am I why am, why am I tagged in something from, from your page? I'm like, oh, I was the one that posted that picture like when I was I mean, I was basically asleep when I posted that. I was, it mm-hmm. was sure. I'm like, I should do something funny because I'm funny. I'm, you're you're <laughs> funny because you're because <laughs> Captain Comedy over here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, hey, Gummo, post, <laughs> 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 and that's no, that's that's not so much. Uh, I'm I I promise you, if you force that on me. I will make you watch something that I know you'll hate, that I know you'll hate. Like, because I've I've got some things here. That I'm like, man, I really would like him to have an opinion on that. Um, but you haven't watched them yet. Whereas I've watched that, and there's no turnaround on that for me. That that is a zero movie for me. And you know how you give zeros out willy nilly. I I don't. So don't don't do it. Don't do uh, it. The or, thing is, I have this strong hunch that you're going to turn around on no, that one. No, I'm telling you right now, I will not. It's, <laughs> there's no turnaround. Oh, but cock doo You remember that, right? Oh, yeah, I do. No, Eugene. No, don't do it. We'll, yeah. Don't do it. When that train arrives at the station, we will we'll see if we board the train together or not. You are swallowing your own poison, is what I'm telling you right now. I will make you watch some shit that's like four hours long, and it's a slow drama, weepy something. I will find something. Don't Uh, fuck with me. Oh, Harmony Corinne needs our needs your support. He's got mine. No, he doesn't. Oh, you because you are a huge fan of Spring Breakers. Ugh. The Spring Breakers was an infinitely better movie than no, that no, one. No, oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. See, like, Gummo was like this deranged, like, almost nightmarish, weird thing that exists, like, in another dimension. And I like those types of movies. Spring Breakers was just, nah. It's not really no, for me, but... No, no. Mm, <laughs> eh. I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you on that one. <laughs> what, are the, what do our listeners think? Listeners, what do you think about Gummo? Masterpiece? Or is zero. it wrong? Zero out of ten. That's the. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> uh, I, I'm gonna. 
I mean, I'm standing on that battlefield all... I'm, I'm on that that hill and I'm not moving. I'm... <laughs> oh my God. I'm hold- all your credibility right now is just on yeah. fire. <laughs> <laughs> I hold my... I hold my ground on... The uh, Battlefield of Gummo. <laughs> Being a great movie. You're and like it the, needs... You're, a, a Criterion release is what it needs. Oh, like, God. Not, you're, like you're not like, Arrow, not, not Vinegar. So it needs an Arrow... Or it, I mean, Arrow. It needs a Vinegar... Ah! <sighs> no, I'm keeping that all in, because I want you to sound retarded. Um, <laughs> you sound like that one guy out there on the internet that's like, you know what needs a Criterion release? Battlefield Earth. It's a masterpiece. You guys just don't understand it. <laughs> Yeah, but Gummo is artistic. Anyway, how are you today? Oh, <laughs> it's... It's a day! Oh, I'm tired. It just... After a night like that, it just takes me like three days to recover. It's almost like jet lag. Uh, it is. I'm I'm getting there. I'm, I'm getting there. Last night was a lot better. But, uh, I'm still tired. And my... Been back and forth with my schedules and working with my dad and whatnot, and I was like, "Oh, I can't tomorrow. I can tomorrow. Now I can't tomorrow because of work obligations." And then he just texted me and was like, "So I guess tomorrow's going to work better." And it's like, "Oh, you don't understand. <laughs> uh, no, I've got to work tomorrow. It's not going to happen. So that'll be a fun conversation that I have here in about ninety minutes." <laughs> so that's with your dad. Yeah, I, I work okay. with my dad on the side and it, it, for my regular job and. Uh, well, I got so jer- I've been getting so jerked around with schedules this week. It's not my fault. It's other people. <sighs> yeah. Now, are you? Um... But like, like I get a schedule from my wife that she gets from work. Right here, yep. the day is highlighted that she has to work every week. I have to sit down with her and go, "Okay, what days do you work?" Because it changes every day. You know, yeah. Yeah, they they release a schedule every month, and then I have to sit down every week and go, hmm, okay, so is it right? No, it's completely wrong. It's completely changed. Great. Awesome. Oh, that It's is... never in the evening. Well, yeah, she works at a bank, so it's not in the evening, but... So is it usually like... Uh, first sometimes thing in the they've the changed their hours now, so that oh, some days geez. they're working till 6, and some days they're working till 7. It's oh. garbage. Well, hey, at least ho- hopefully next week... We can do an evening show because it's high time we... We. We. It's we. Yeah. Not you. We. Okay, now it's my turn for bitch sesh. Here's what I learned last episode while I was dealing with my internet. Eugene holds me personally responsible for when my internet fails. Like, when you have problems or when you're in your office, I'm sitting there going, ah, his damn internet. And when I have problems, you're sitting there going, fucking Eric, come on. Like... Like, I'm over here pulling the plug out of the wall, like, hey, 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 this will be fun. <laughs> like, dude, it's not my fault. Uh, uh, <laughs> you prick. <laughs> Get the upper tier internet. Or I have fire, the upper tier internet. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the peak internet that I can have here. <laughs> Ass. Hey, I got, a, I got a couple of really good gems reviewed, though, while your internet was down, or at least one. What was it? Oh, hey, that's how good it was. All zero, yeah. zero scores for you. Yeah, it was. I think it was garbage. Maybe I, I should correctly. throw your own bullshit back your way. <laughs> I should find something that you absolutely loathe. Maybe I'll throw you an old, uh, uh, the chosen or some shit roulette. Something that is just ch- oh irredeemable. Oh, uh, hey, this morning I watched uh, for some asinine reason. I watched uh, I watched 
April Fool's Day again, thinking, wait, it's 80, I have to like this movie, right? I have to like this movie, and... <laughs> Required viewing in hell. Eh, it's not that bad. Oh! I, I, hey, I didn't love it, I just was, for a roulette, it was, alright, that's a thing. It, 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 it shit on all of the things that I like about 80s slasher movies. It's like, oh, it, we're not a slasher movie, actually. We're fake comedy, I guess, kind of. And, oh, our music's going to kind of suck, too. And the actors are obnoxious, but there's no real killing, so but you, you like don't get payoffs. But you the music sucks, right? Uh, we're going on a fall break or spring break or whatever uh, well, Yeah, but that's, that's a whole nother... That's, like... I'm <laughs> trying to find the word. Oh yeah, I'm, uh, I'm waiting for the word. It's it's kitschy. Kitschy is the word I'm looking for. No, what you like is when they think it's good, but it's really shit. You don't yeah, like here, when, you don't like when when they're mocking, and they know it's shit. <laughs> oh, because oh, Amy steals it, and like, oh, get out of this movie, Amy Steele. You're better than this crap. Clearly, oh, I hated it. I hated it. April Fool's Day. That is other than like shot on VHS slashers from the 80s, and they, are, they exist, and I own them. I think that April Fool's Day is probably my least favorite quote-unquote slasher movie of all time. Or of the 80s, I guess oh, I should say. of all time. You're so... Oh, come on. Of all yeah. the zero-star movies that you've reviewed... Well, from the 80s. From the 80s. I'm gonna just, from the I'll, 80s. From your, your, your vinegar scorpions. All yeah, of them? Yeah. Hmm. There might be a trauma movie in there, you know, mushed in there somewhere that I'm... But April Fool's Day, that's another hill that I'm going to... I'm standing firm on that hill. <laughs> I'm not defending it. I'm not the... <laughs> oh, and just the, the the amount of, like, oh, she went through all these... Uh, it's it's so... It's like, it's just a big screw you to the audience, and I hated that. Especially because, like, <laughs> see, they're dead, and they're now they're in on the joke. And... There's special effects, and it's like, they wouldn't do that. Even though this is your, gonna be your new job. Your new job's gonna be having this mansion to where you have murder mystery thing, and no. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the land of Gummo. Oh, God, fuck off. Oh, you're so wrong. <laughs> okay, uh, you wanna talk about movies? We've bitched plenty long. Yep, I'm ready. Okay, let's, I'm Eric. And I'm Eugene. And here's the roulette. It's time to spin the wheel of the movie roulette. We dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. Did you like how last episode your singing lined up with the actual thing? For the record, I didn't adjust that one bit. Not one bit. <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> okay, on this episode of the roulette, it is cop car up against the basement. <laughs> and you're up first. Oh. Please tell oh. us about this gem. <laughs> Here's, this is one of the reasons why I want you to watch Gummo. Oh, I tried to talk you out of this movie. This was the trap. I, I didn't want you to pick this one. And, but you sold it pretty good. I uh, told Matrix. you it was going to be shit. How is that selling it good? <laughs> uh, it's, what do you call that? The reverse psychology. Yeah, you taking the opposite <laughs> advice I give forever. <laughs> Have fun moving to Florida and back. <laughs> 
oh, the basement is from 2018, and it's TVMA because things. Uh, a seemingly innocent man is abducted by a notorious L.A. serial killer who forces his victims to roleplay with him so that he can enact his capture, torture, and murder fantasies. Oh, 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 my lord! What did I give this? Um, oh, I mean, actually, zero. I know I didn't give it. I didn't give it zero. No, I didn't give it zero because. Um, I give it a half a star because there's a little kernel stuck in that shit that that <laughs> wants to, that wants to be something unique. But oh, shot on video with three actors or four maybe. Uh, my biggest issue with the movie, and there there is. A sort of kind of good premise, although it feels a little bit ripping off of uh, uh, Split. Okay. Um, so this guy has multiple personalities, or so we're led to believe. I'm going to pretty much spoil the movie because the the actual twist gains it a half a star, I guess. But he captures this, this musician guy uh, who's out to get booze for his girlfriend or whatever, his wife. And uh, then he we, he's in the ba- basement, and he goes through these series of... Why was that in air quotes? Because the movie's called The Basement. Oh, okay. It takes place there. I was going to say, is it not a basement? Or are they on a roof? No, it's a basement, all right. Uh, and this guy goes through, like, at first he's a clown, which I'm like, okay, I've had my fair share of... Although I did watch Terrifier again, that was awesome. But I've had my fair share of shitty clown movies, Terrifier excluded. Uh, so first he's a clown... A, serial killer clown guy, and then he goes through the different stages of, like, oh, how do I say this? Then he's a cop. Then he's a lawyer. Um, and it's basically the whole way through, it's like, he is interrogating, I captured the actual killer that he is in real life, like, if this makes sense. Like, he is, like, he's this clown killer guy, but the guy that he tied up is actually the clown killer guy. Now he's the lawyer trying to get him off, now he's the jail warden. Now he's the his father. Now he's his mother. Like he comes back downstairs dressed in like different outfits to torment the guy. Uh, all like throughout the night, and the guy is trying to find ways to get get free. Uh, at one point, he gets his finger fingers chopped off because oh, he's because the the killer guy is another inmate in prison because he's in prison now. That's the one role-playing thing, and so the prison guy's like, I'm gonna cut your fingers off, or some dumb shit. So we go through this all night long. Meanwhile, wife slash girlfriend, whoever she is, back at their mansion, is confiding in um, a, a friend, girlfriend, that happened to be texting our our singer guy in the beginning, like, hey, let's meet up again. So obviously he's cheating on his girlfriend with this lady. So he has, she has her come over and they're like, where, where is he? Where is he? He went to the liquor store and he hasn't come back. And so that, that whole side plot's going on and just stick with me here because this is, Oh, I'm so bored. (laughs) (laughs) So it's shot on video, squeaky, squeaky, squeaky clean. We finally, okay, now here's the end. I'm going to spoil the end because here's where it gains a half a star. First of all, I, I hated the guy that was the bad guy or whatever. It's just something about his character was just... Maybe he was 
that's how the director wanted him to be portrayed, to be portrayed, but <laughs> I hated him. So finally, in the end, it turns out that, um, well, he, he, his execution date is, has arrived and he gets, oh, he gets one last meal. So he gets pizza. You know, so they eat pizza. Oh, Eric's reading, Eric's reading a comic book. Yeah, so the guy, yeah, he ate the pizza. <laughs> he ate the pizza. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Half star. <laughs> Back to you. It was awful. Awful. Oh, okay. Hold on. <laughs> oh, that didn't even spoil the ending. Yeah, you got to watch it for yourselves and find out how the twist ending goes. Because <laughs> there is a twist. <laughs> uh huh. I'm sure there is. Uh, cop car. <laughs> A small-town sheriff sets out to find the two kids who have taken his car on a joyride. Directed by John Watts, starring Kevin Bacon. And some kids. Uh, this was a good movie, and you should definitely keep it in the queue, and definitely give it a watch. It, uh, but you got, this one you gotta hang with. But for good reasons, not because of a half-star twist at the end. Um... The first two-thirds of this movie are kind of, are pretty slow burn. You got some kids that are just wandering around, and there's very little dialogue. They're just cussing at each other, learning to cuss for a while. I was like, all right, get on with it. Uh, then they find this cop car seemingly abandoned and in the middle of God's nowhere. I mean, we're talking, this is like Texas country, field country, where there's nothing. So they're wandering across these fields, and they find it down in a little hollow. Well, they... Eventually get in, find the keys, and just start tearing around all over the place. And it turns out there's somebody alive in the trunk. And okay. then we do a little bit of a flashback and see Kevin Bacon, the sheriff, drag some dead corpse out of the back and throw it down in a pit and dump lime on it. And then close the trunk again, then the boys come take it. So there was one dead guy in the trunk and one live guy. I'm not going to ruin the ending... But in the third act, there's some really nicely done twists and turns. Oh, I'm trying to think how to put this, because I don't want to spoil anything. I was just very pleasantly surprised by the third act. I, I liked the way that it kind of dodged and weaved. Now, the, as for the very, very ending, it's a little bit open-ended, because... Uh, ah, damn it, I don't want to give anything away. You could look at it one of two ways, because... You could say, oh, well, they went and did this, or they went and did that. I'm going to assume they went and did this, because if they went and did that, this is a depressing-ass movie. I wish they he would have tagged it just another couple seconds of like, oh, they, they, you know, this happened, you're good. But instead they just left it like, well, they're on their way to do this, I don't know. Eh, roll credits. Five seconds. Literally mm. five seconds would have would have just... just just really wrapped this package up in a nice little gift that it is. Uh, but as it is, it's it's still a good movie, still worth a watch. It's probably kind of a one and done, but I still think you should give it a watch because uh, it's a good director, man. Good. Cool. So we both had interesting movies. 
Oh, I don't feel bad for you. I I tried desperately to talk you out of that last week, and you would you wouldn't have any of it. You're like, no. Uh, <laughs> you had other horror movies to pick. Okay, on to the next round. Uh, first up, The Great Hack, 2019. This is a documentary. The Cambridge Analytica scandal is examined through the roles of several affected persons, and I believe that this is a. Uh, Probably an anti-Trump type documentary, so I am all in about that. Hour and 53 minutes, it's a bit long, but might be good. Uh, next up is The Black Hole, and uh, this is a another documentary. This is a Nova slash PBS documentary about, you guessed it, black holes. And I cannot imagine that that wouldn't be interesting. Um, and last is a movie called Concussion, and this one here actually... Let me pull this up here. Is this with Will Smith? No, no. This is um, from 2013. This actually played at the Sarasota Film Festival when I was uh, when I was still there, and I really wanted to see it. And it got, I remember it got high marks. Uh, hour and 36 minutes uh, after a blow to the head, Abby decides she can't do it anymore. Her life just can't be only about the house, the kids, and the wife. She needs more. She needs to be Eleanor. And I believe that this is like a uh, an escort service type something or other, but it's a bit more on the art house side of things, but it got really good reviews. So, there you go. Alright, and coming your way is your Netflixy horror bullshit of the week. First summoning, student filmmakers uncover occult rituals tied to an abandoned warehouse, then gradually realize the horror is closer than they think. That sounds good. No, no, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> girls with balls. Stranded in the woods and eyeballed by twisted hunters, members of a women's volleyball team bump it up in the most dangerous game of their lives. I believe it's French, and I believe it's comedy horror. And I saw some people on Facebook say that it's really gory. It's 77 minutes. I, that's a... That's definitely your mid mid tier roulette pick. Okay. Uh, kidnapping Stella, eighty nine minutes. You requested, so I'm not gonna take the blame. Snatched off the street and held for ransom. A bound and gagged woman uses her limited powers to derail her two masked abductors' carefully laid plans. So you got horror themed threesome this week, but uh, one of them I'm sure is shit. The other two, a little safer. But we'll see what you do. Uh, you're up first. Um, I'm actually going to take Girls with Balls. French horror thing, whatever. Yipper. Watch the trailer. And, and <laughs> in fact, I watched it with my wife. Uh, and even the trailer, she was like, ugh. I'm like, oh, that's the one I'm taking. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even bother watching the trailer. I'm like, French comedy yeah. horror. And there, the one girl yeah. standing there holding like a bat with covered in blood. I was like, eh, yeah, it's Eugene. Yep. That looked good. I like, I, I liked the, the look of that trailer. Now the question is, because uh, I believe the trailer was in English, but it I'm guessing it's dubbed? I would guess. Yeah. I didn't watch the trailer, so. Uh, I will take Black Hole Apocalypse. I'm in the mood for a doc, and a sci-fi doc, yeah, that sounds pretty sweet. So, cool. I'm going to take that one. Hey, a side note here real quick before we get on to the next uh, segment. Happy birthday, Christopher Nolan, and... Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I figured that those were high-profile enough people that I should wish them well today. Next episode on the roulette, it will be Black Hole Apocalypse <laughs> and Girls with Balls. 
Okay, are you ready to move on to our uh, 2019 monthly segment of Top 10? Yes. And it was my turn to pick, and I decided to go with Top 10 <laughs> Weapons. <laughs> I'm very curious if there, what you've come up with and if there is any crossover on this whatsoever. I'm sure there will be on a couple of things, but I, yep. I'm imagining that you've come up with a very different list than me. I, I have a feeling. I think there may be one or two that we probably are the same on. I'm going to guess one, two, three, maybe four. I'm going to say, I'm going to give the over-under of four. Uh, but you're up first. Okay, number ten for me is 80s hair metal guitar from Slumber Party Massacre well, Part now, 2. This now, wait, is... wait, 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 wait. Now, like I've told uh-huh. you with these kinds of things, you're just supposed to tell me what the weapon is called, and then we're supposed oh, to okay. guess the movie. Okay, so number ten for me is a, a guitar... No, no, it's too late for ...with that. a drill <laughs> on the end. <laughs> Uh, Slumber Party Massacre? <laughs> yeah, see? Same wavelength. Also, uh, happy birthday, Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, these, these people need to be called out. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then Lawrence Fishburne, the picture of him is just looking at me like on IMDb. He's looking at me like, uh-huh, mm-hmm. you're welcome. Slumber Party Massacre, yep. Yep. Uh, should I talk about it a little yeah, bit? I mean, go it's, it's, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, describe um, that guitar, though. That's pretty That's pretty awesome. I didn't... I That I would put in honorable mentions. It's it's so ridiculous, yet it's, it's hilarious. And it's like when you see it in the movie, the movie is ridiculous, of course. But like, now that fit, like that era, that killing machine actually works in the context of the movie. It's just this big, really 80s looking heavy metal guitar. So it's like, oh, how do I, like, the first thing I think of would be like a, a guitar that C.C. DeVille from Poison would have, except it's got a drill bit on the end, a really long drill bit. And the guy is like this cross between Elvis and any number of 80s hair metal dudes and leather. And it's just, it's, it's comical. And he uses it to obviously ram through, you know, stupid teenagers. But it works. It's it's cool, and I I like it. All right, all right. Uh, now, before I tell you my number ten, I want to say that uh, in all fairness, some of these weapons that made my list. If you told me what they are called, the make and model, whatever that I'm about to tell you, I would not know what the hell they are. So don't. It, it, I'm not going to mock you for some of these. Uh, but the first one is the Araska HLR 12X Heavy Laser Rifle. Um, I'm sure it's not, but uh, Starship Troopers machine gun? I'm, I'm sure it's not. A fine guess, but uh, no, the Laser Rifle from Akira. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I had to give that one a shout out just because it's such a cool weapon. Uh, it made number 10 barely. It should have been in my honorable mentions because I got about a dozen more honorable mentions because it's so inconvenient. You gotta have a backpack and you gotta charge it and it barely lasts like five or six shots. But it still was such a cool idea that I wanted to have it on the list. Cool. Uh, number nine. Number nine for me is Light Disc. Tron? Yes. I did not expect that crossover, sir. Uh, wow. Yeah, I, I, uh, I thought about it. I'm like, you know, that is an iconic weapon from me thinking back to my childhood. Uh, and it still is cool, and it's even cooler in the new in the neutron. Uh, 
but I'm like, that's just cool. It's a video game throwing thingy that makes people explode. More video game pixel things explode. I love that thing. Number nine for me is light disc. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's awesome. It's not only is it an awesome weapon, it comes, it has a boomerang effect, it comes back to you. It also has an extra functionality of having all your information on it. So it's basically like you're throwing your social security card at somebody. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) So there is a risk. You don't want to just throw it willy nilly. Uh, Yeah. Awesome. Awesome weapon. Number eight. Okay. Number eight for me is, I'm not sure how to do, okay, here's how I'm going to do this. It's a lightsaber, but you have to guess which lightsaber I think is well done. The the coolest lightsaber in the Star Wars universe for me. Let's see if you can guess it. Hmm. Give me a minute. Um. I'm gonna go Darth Vader. Close. You were close. Darth, Darth was in the. Uh, was in the name, but that would be Darth Maul's lightsaber. Oh, really? You went with a double-sided, huh? It went with the, it was either, it was between that and, uh, Count Dooku's. But I'm like, you know, I think that Darth Maul, that, where he first shows up at the temple and the, the dual blades pop out, I'm like, that is, that's one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars universes, in the Phantom Menace of all movies. But I love when Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan take on Darth Maul when he, Shows up with the double-bladed saber. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. Uh, number eight for me is the Sonic Shotgun. I went Sonic for a, I went for a passive weapon. I wanted to, uh, uh, just because it's so cool and effective. Sonic Shotgun. Um, okay, so give me a clue here. Is this in an anime that I'm not going to guess? No. This is in a okay. movie that you absolutely know and love. Oh. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Um... Minority Report? Good job, sir. Minority oh, Report. That is a sweet-ass weapon. Yes, it is. Highly effective. It, I suppose it could kill if you get a direct headshot and they land with their head on a table corner or something, but for the most part, mostly uh, non-lethal. Yeah. I actually almost... I, I didn't... I, well, you know what? I'm going to add that to my honorable mentions. I didn't, but... I will get into that one in honorable mention. Uh, okay, next up is... Um, this is going to be easy. I puzzle box. Uh, this is number seven for you. Yes. Puzzle box. You're wow. It's Hellraiser, but as a weapon, that's interesting because it's more of a trap. I know, and I, I hesitated to put it on there, but I I love it so much, and I'm like, well, but I accept that. I accept that. I accept it. But the, yeah, when the hooks shoot out and start ripping flesh, I'm like, ah, that's you know. These people unwittingly open up the box, and then all sorts of literal hell breaks loose. And it's funny because, uh, looking over my list here, <clears throat> I was just, you know, quickly typing, and my computer decided, uh, instead of Hellraiser, that it would type it out as Hellenizer. So it's the Hellenizer puzzle box. <laughs> that's, that's what my computer thought that I was trying to say, spell, <laughs> Hellenizer. And, the, like, the E, the, above the E, there's a little hyphen or whatever, like, so it's Hellenizer. Oh, it's a weird Swedish 90s sitcom that ends in death. Yes, I'd watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Can you do me a favor and just, like, adjust your laptop a bit? Because I'm getting a 
J.J. Abrams Star Trek light. Oh, you're getting the light uh, flare. Oh, you're wearing Artistic. a Mickey Mouse shirt. That's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Captain Gummo is all about the childhood wonder of Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if someone in that movie actually is wearing a, a Mickey or something related to Disney. <laughs> uh, number seven for me. I'm going to give you uh, this. It does. This weapon doesn't have a name, so I'm going to give you the character name and kind of the type of weapon. Ashitaka's short sword. Um, is it an anime? Because I yeah, it is, but it's oh. one that you watched and own. Oh, oh, okay. So hold, let me think here. Ashitaka's short sword. It's one that I own. I'm pretty sure you do. I, I, I definitely. I definitely know that you know the movie. It's not Final Fantasy. I know that. Um, damn it. What? And not Castlevania. I know it's not Castlevania. Man, I am drawing a complete... Like, I'm trying to think of the animes that I own. Is that Akira? Ghost in the you Shell? Don't, you don't have either of those. I know. I know I'm trying to think of what... <laughs> Vampire Hunter D? I have that on DVD. No, I'm pretty sure... I would be... I think you might have this on Blu-ray. I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, Princess Mononoke. Oh! Do you okay. have that? Yep. Do you own that? I own that, but on DVD. Okay. Well, uh, the, the the one guy that has his arm poisoned, his name Ashitaka. Yeah, okay. He has this short sword. It's a... I, uh, sorry if I get this incorrect, but I believe it is a Chinese short sword. It's just a straight... Kind of a straight blade about uh, two feet or so. And on the hilt, on the end of the hilt, there is a ring. And the ring is the reason why this made my list. Because as I was making this list, we always talk about what contributes to why we make these lists. These are the weapons that I would have in the zombie apocalypse. These are the first Mm. top ten that I would go for. Well, Ashitaka's short sword has a, a big enough ring on the bottom that he can use it as a sword, and then he loops his pinky finger into it, into that ring lets the sword dangle, can pull an arrow out of his quiver behind his back, and shoot his bow while still holding his short sword, release the arrow, put the bow, stow the bow away, and whip that right that sword right back into his hand without ever letting it go. It's nice. beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's a it's a it's a ten second scene in that movie. But that's the reason that ring is on the hilt of that sword, and it's awesome uh, <laughs> Number six for you. I haven't seen that movie in so long, and it's a very good movie. Oh, great movie. Okay, uh, six for me is The Mask Trio. The Mask Trio. What the hell is that? Hmm. <laughs> You've seen the movie. You've seen it, I believe, twice. Okay, you're not talking about The Mask with Jim Carrey. No. The Mask Trio. I have no idea. You sure? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, that would be the uh, trio of masks from Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Oh, you son of a bitch. That was, again, a trap. Not so much a, I mean, it is a weapon, I guess, but, oh, you tricksy bastard. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a weapon to literally murder every single kid in, I'm guessing, the world or at least the United States. Ah, okay, all right, <laughs> I'm, I'm catching on to your game. Oh, anything to add to that? Or no, it's great, and it's I. I always have, like I wish that I would have one of those masks that you know when the kids get dressed up over Halloween that I could actually have one of the one of the three season of the witch masks, either the witch mask or 
See, there's the skull mask, and what's the other one? Pumpkin. There's a pumpkin one. That pumpkin one, yeah. And the pumpkin one is the one that makes the kids' head squish in and yeah, turn centipedes. into bugs for some reason. Oh, it's so gross, so gross. <laughs> but I guess the we- the actual quote unquote weapon is the little the little electronic disc thing on the back of all the masks that once it's activated makes little boys and girls' heads go mush. Yeah. Uh, number six for me is the Auto 9. I figured Auto we'd have nine. crossover with this one. Auto 9. Auto 9. I'm going to just wing it here. Is it Robocop's gun? Oh, you son it's, of a bitch. Nailed it. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, you nailed it. Uh, the Auto 9, that thing that pops out of his leg and has a... It has different settings, so it can be single shot, triple shot, whatever, but he uses it to shoot a guy in the dick. Mmm, yes he does. Awesome, awesome weapon. Not entirely practical, because it's going to chew through uh, ammo like crazy, and it's a pistol. Granted, he's a robot, I guess. You could say that he can aim it better, but most pistols don't have a high range. Uh, It's still so cool that it made my list. Excellent. 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 Um, well, the next one is very, very easy. Uh, you're going to guess it as soon as I say it. Uh, the, the Proton Pack. Oh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Again, some of these I go with my you know nostalgia of from childhood, and that those were the coolest things ever when they were out when you know, when the movie came out in '84. I'm like that is that is incredible, and they are still cool to me. I you know don't cross the streams. As my boy stands beside me in the bathroom and we're, you know. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. Crossing the streams, literally. Crossing the streams. And I think about that every single time that happens. I'm like, ha-ha, Ghostbusters. (laughs) Instead of electricity, it's piss. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I considered it, but uh, eh, I didn't make my list. Number five for me is another one where I have to tell you, the the weapon didn't have a name. So uh, let's just say Billy's Knife. Billy from Predator? Damn. I just can't get anything by you. Yes. <laughs> Billy's knife from Predator is fucking badass. It, 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 in some circles could almost be considered a short sword because of how big it is. But, uh, and yeah, for those listening, I used to collect swords and knives. So I have a metric fuck ton of them in my house. Uh, this is, this would, uh, uh, like I said, would, some would call it a short sword. It's that long of a knife, but. I still consider it a sword or a, sh- uh, a knife because it's short enough that he can, he fits it on his chest and it, it just the shape of that thing. It is badass. It's like, it, it's like Rambo's knife on acid, you know, Rambo's mm. knife is cool, but this <clears throat> one is, this one kills aliens. <laughs> hmm. Love okay. that knife. And we'll get into Number more four. of that in honorable mention. Um, Number four for me is the M4A1. Oh, that would be aliens. There you go. The pulse rifle. Yep. Now, specifically, it's the one that that Ripley does the whole flamethrower attachment thing, and hers is like this, the mega, mega, mega gun thing. Well, that's a combo of the M4A1 and the, and the flamethrower, but yeah, it's fine. Yeah. She duct tapes them together. <laughs> I, I like that it's a machine gun, it's a shot, I think it's a shotgun, or is it a, a grenade launcher? Grenade and it's launcher. it's a flamethrower. Okay. So there's like three different things going on with that thing. I love that gun. 
It's awesome. Number four for me is The Lawgiver. The Lawgiver. Mm, I'm, I'm not going to get that one right. Uh, the Lawgiver. Uh, man, I'm, I'm going to take a guess here. Uh, Every lawgiver. time you take a damn guess, you get it right. Yeah, not this time. I. It's it's not this, but the 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 big machine. No, it's not that. I'm not even going to say that because it's not that. I'll give you a um, hint. I am the law. That oh, Cobra. Oh, so close, so close. Ooh. But uh, Judge Dread. Oh, damn. Yep. Uh. Not even necessarily the Stallone movie that is not good, but the yeah. the, the weapon itself from the comics. It, it's do you remember what he could do with that in the movie? It, oh, flare gun, boom! Yeah, oh, yes. boom! Um, pulse rifle, boom! I, anything you speak into it, it just kind of does. And that's the, the Carl Urban. E- movie. Either one, either yeah. one or the comics. That's that's the way it was. You could just tell it what you want and boom this magic pistol just magics out that weapon <laughs> that ammo that's awesome awesome oh that's that's actually a missed one i would have put down dread for my honorable mentions that that kind of strength in a weapon that that's got to be in my bag if i'm going to survive the apocalypse uh number 3 for you uh 3 for me i'll i'm just going to say an uh a, an actor and you'll have to guess what you're going to guess it but uh Jesse Ventura Oh, the the Gatling gun thing? That, yeah, the Gatling gun. I mean, that's an older type gun, but it's just, everything about it is just mean. And it's, you know, that big, beefy, you know, you have to hold it with two hands. And the sound that it makes as it completely murders the entire jungle. I, I considered it. it, and it might, we'll, we'll revisit that in honorable mentions a little bit, but um, the ridiculousness of the weight is so impractical, nobody would carry that into combat, especially not into a jungle. You would not heft that through a jungle. No, yeah. no, any military person would look at that and laugh. That thing yeah. belongs on a helicopter, not in somebody's yeah, it, backpack. I know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong, it's cool as shit, but nobody would yeah. carry that, hump that through the jungle. I wonder how heavy that thing actually is, because it looks, it looks so heavy, like you're just lugging around at least 100 pound or more. Yeah, yeah I, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. Uh, number three for me is same game you, uh, I had to play, uh, lightsaber, but which one? Oh. And this was easy for me because there is a one lightsaber that is very much my favorite. Okay. And see, I, I, I feel like you're, you're not going classic. Like you're, it's not like it's Luke's lightsaber. Cause like for me, it's like, well, Count Dooku's handle looks cool and Darth Maul's, you know, is so what would be something unique? Um, not vague. Uh, you know. Now remember guess, my age. I know, I know. Keep bear, bear in mind, I'm a little younger than you. Yeah. So certain things are going to have a different effect on me than they did on you. I guess I'm going to go with Luke. Just That was my first thought. Is Luke's light, it's either Luke or Darth Vader's. Uh, you're going to need to be a little more specific. Oh, okay. okay. The, uh, the lightsaber that... Obi-Wan gives Luke Skywalker in A New Hope. Very close, but no. Okay. The green lightsaber from Return of the Jedi. The one that he constructed himself. Oh, yeah. I wasn't even thinking about that. Because the lightsabers in the in the first three are pretty much Vader's and Obi-Wan and Luke's. But yeah, man, I, I missed that one. 
That's yeah, a that's, cool one. Oh, that's true. But the, the, yeah, the green one, uh, Return of the Jedi had a more of an effect on me because I, I, that was the first one that I remember. Yeah, I know that we talked about it before that I, I, we saw Empire together in the theater when we were kids. I was what, two, one? I don't remember it. Uh, <laughs> but Return of the Jedi is the one that I have the most fondness for because he lost his lightsaber. Not only his lightsaber, he lost his father's lightsaber by his father's hand in the second movie. Uh, and then he constructed his own, and it was a green one. It was so vibrant. And it, I'm sure that's just in my head, but for whatever reason, when he's on Jabba's barge and he whips that fucker out, it seems like it's about six inches longer than the one that yeah. he used to have. And he's just, either that or I think they just filmed it in a certain way where it's taking much more use of that wide screen, where it's, wow, he's swinging that thing left and right. It's just, it just looks a little longer and it's so bright. Badass, and it, this one is his. It's not his father's. It's not his father's legacy coming down on him. And as we later find out uh, from the prequels, it's not the one that murdered like fifty Jedi children. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so fuck that lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one is oh, Luke's. Was... It's yeah. green. It's I. Uh, I that that's my lightsaber right there. I would I would say now that I think about it from the the original trilogy, I would probably say that's my favorite as well. That thing was there was something special about that lightsaber, and I know what you're saying about how it was filmed, and it did look meaner and more like stronger than his other lightsaber that he lost. And then his father later in the movie is, I see you have constructed a new lightsaber. Yes. And then uh, you know at that time I was reading all the books. I got dozens of them down here on my shelf right behind me, uh, and in the books. The construction of your lightsaber with the kyber crystals uh, was a very personal thing. It was kind of your final test as a Jedi because you had to pick out a crystal, survive going into a cave to pick out the crystal. That uh, that was in Gendi Tarkovsky's uh, anim anime animated series. You remember that? There was an episode where they had to go retrieve crystals from a cave. Oh, and, yes, and yeah. Par part yes. of going and doing that was you got to kind of survive doing that little thing. But then when you put your lightsaber together, you have they do it completely with the force. They don't use their hands. They have to just sit there and put all the pieces together, floating in air, kyber crystal parts, and they just kind of tink, 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 and put them together with the force. And that was part of your final test to become labeled a Jedi. So knowing all of that, like, now that stuff is, a lot of that stuff is decanonized, but at that time, when I was reading that shit, and then going back and watching uh, Return of the Jedi, when he lost his lightsaber, what's he gonna do? And he gives that little wink to R2, and he blasts the thing off. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that shit. Okay, number yeah. two for you. Uh, two for me is, uh, do I try to be vague to make you really work for it, or do I, because I mean, it as soon as I say, Jason's what it is, machete. No, 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 no. Nope, nope. Um, it's a weapon that replaces an appendage. A uh, planet terror? Close, but what's the... Uh, not, I'm sure not original, but like, what's a, the classic, a more classic type weapon appendage movie? <laughs> a more classic weapon appendage movie. It might be the title this this week. <laughs> uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, but that it wasn't really replacing, I guess. No, huh? it was not replacing. This is actually replacing. 
Uh, I'm missing. Uh, I don't know. But we go ahead. No, uh, that would be Ash Chainsaw Hand. Oh, okay, okay. From Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness. Nice. Yep. Uh, especially the way he gets it. Well, after you know, after he lobs his hand off, and then how he the the cool Sam Raimi camera tricks of you know how he tightening the screws on the you know, the metal and clicks the blade in and the the good looking girls watching him do all this and then he utters the line groovy yeah it was yeah. a cool movie moment but uh didn't quite make my list because chainsaws are a pain in the ass i don't know when you last used them but you got to oil yeah. them up every time you gas them up and then good luck getting them to start even if they're yeah. brand new so yeah, yeah it didn't make his sense. of course works perfect. Oh, uh, most of, uh, well, when it uh, actually yeah, not all most of the time. time it's like uh, 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 yeah. and then right before the demon gets there, yep. somehow he pulls with the, the deadite's head. Yeah, he pulls the uh, throttle with no fingers. It just yeah. his veins or his will. He uses the force. It's yeah, he does. <laughs> I just, I love that. I the first time I I watched Evil Dead two, it was just such a bonkers movie, and then it got to that where it's like he, he literally has a chainsaw for a hand that he's. Hacking limbs off of evil demon creatures. It was great. <laughs> uh, okay, number two for me. While it may be uncivilized, uh, I'll try to guess this one. M4-1A pulse rifle. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from Aliens, yes. Uh, it's uncivilized, but sometimes you need a damn machine gun and a damn grenade launcher. And the over-under of that and the convenience of how compact it is. Yeah. You're going to want to have that one by your side to deal with crowds. That is one awesome weapon. Don't get me wrong. A lightsaber can do a lot of fucking damage, but uh, not as much as a grenade. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, and I contemplated putting the starship troopers rifle on here, but I did too, but it's not, it's not the, it's not the M4 one. No, it isn't. That's, and, and it's like rewatching starship troopers. It's like, they should have had more durable, stronger guns than that. Like those, those insects just ripped them to hell. And yeah. they didn't have, a, I don't believe they had a rocket launcher on there or a, a grenade launcher on their machine gun. No, it seemed like their rocket launchers were separate. They were these little things they put on their. Oh shoulders. yeah. The thermal detonator. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Number one for uh, me or anything else for you. No, one? no, you're good. I mean, number one. Okay. Now we're going to see if our number ones are the same because I, I think that they're going to be, but I could be wrong. I would give it 50-50. Okay. Um, I need Hanzo Steel. (laughs) If you meet God on your journey, (laughs) he will be cut by this sword. (laughs) Number one for me. Awesome. (laughs) Easy. Like that... That was like, okay, well, here's number one. Now we have yeah. to just fill in the blanks. <laughs> yeah, same here. Same here. And if you uh, look at my list, I don't know if you noticed along the way, but it is sword, gun, sword, gun, ah. sword, gun, all the way down the list. And I knew it was going to be that way because as I compiled the list, I'm like, ah, I'm about 50-50 here. And I, you know, what I always say every time I watch a damn zombie movie is, huh, you know, these people are kind of dumb. Because there are a lot of places to buy replica swords and shit. Zombies are very fragile. And swords don't run out of ammo. 
but yet yeah. everybody wants to have the sniper rifle and the machine gun. It's like, guys, that shit is for the movies. In a real-world situation, get yourself an edged weapon. Yeah, and just hack, because their their flesh is mushy and... Is there any zombie movie where uh, they don't fall apart pretty easy? It might be a little so. harder to get to them in 28 days later because they're so crazy, but yeah. they still all go for edged weapons. Yeah. Most most of the time it's a machete, which fair enough, it's it's a short, it's easy to, yeah. you know, those are easy to, you can find those in any hardware store. Uh, but I, a Hattori Hanzo blade. <laughs> it beat out a lightsaber for me, dude. Yeah. Oh, me too. It, uh, like, oh, that's number one. Now we just fill in blanks everywhere else. But for me, I mean, like, I went all over the, all over the board, like, Science fiction-y, boomerang-y thing, drill, chainsaw, electricity, <laughs> rubber Halloween masks. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Traps. Yes. You, you summoned hell. Yes. I, <laughs> oh, that was a fun list. And even the honorable mentions are... Oh, I think, let's get to those. Go ahead. Yep. You're up first uh, again. Should I, just, should I just roll through all of them real quick? Sure, sure. Okay. Well, it was funny that you mentioned... Uh, Billy's knife, because uh, I actually had Rambo's knife specifically from Part 2. I think that Rambo First Blood Part 2, that was his coolest looking knife. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's they're splitting hairs. They're all cool. And and I would probably, upon a rewatch of Predator, I would probably say Billy's knife is probably even cooler. Uh, but I just something about the, you know, the military slash survivalist type knife where it just looks like it would murder anything. You cut down a tree with it, probably. Yeah, you could use the back of it. It's got a saw blade yeah. on it. Um, the next up is, it's funny that you yeah, you mentioned Minority Report. Uh, I put down the six stick. Because what <laughs> kind of a, how awesome is it of a weapon? That, it's just a stick that you just touch someone and it makes them just puke all over the place. I love it. And that's a weapon. Yeah. Greatest um, anti-rape we- weapon ever. Should be yeah, like that's every- it. They just <laughs> beep and boo. Um... <laughs> Or Next it's, up is, you just throw me a copy of Gummo and I do the same thing. <laughs> uh, that could be a weapon. Eugene does the same exact thing, but then he's like, ha it's great. <laughs> oh, I just slurp it up in some sort of a weird fetish porny type. I'm not sure where I'm going with that. Uh, next up for me is a wand, but who's wand from the Harry Potter unit or the from the Wizarding World? I should say, uh, probably the Dark Lords. Ah, oh, good guess. There you go. He had the coolest looking wand of them all, just because it was like bone and just evil looking. So, okay. Next up is uh, oh boy, this one here got me hot and bothered. The F14 Tomcat. <laughs> Oh my god. Can I have one episode without Eugene Cox just <laughs> slobbering all over Top Gun? <laughs> nope. Nope. The answer the to answer that is no. no. No, no, it's not. Nope. Not gonna but happen. It's it's just a sexy military eighties beast. Um Okay, I mean if that thing could be in Whitey <laughs> Whitey Tidy's flyer <laughs> and aviators and <laughs> I'm picturing it now. Oh, I am too, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's the need for speed. The difference is that I'm picturing what you just said, and I'm rubbing my forehead like FFS, and you're picturing it, and you're like, kind of, kind of some movement down oh, there in my pants. It's oh, it's 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 a chubby. <laughs> it's turgid. Yep. <laughs> um, next up is it, it's another actual kind of sort of vehicle, and that is stuntman Mike's stunt car. No, that counts. Desperate. That 100 percent counts. Okay, because it's. It's a killing machine, literally. 
Yep. Uh, um, and then you had mentioned Freddy Krueger's glove. Well, that actually made the honorable mentions. To me, it's like, it's just a old glove with some razor blades on it. It's cool, but it's like, to me, it would be easy to defend yourself against, you know, a creepy old pedophile grandpa with a couple knives on his hand. Uh, let, but it's still, we'll get, you know. we'll get back to that. Okay. Um, next up is, and this one here is just strictly because it looked cool in the movie, but I, I never quite figured out the gist of it. And that is the phantasm ball from the phantasm movies. So it flies through the air and out shits a little drill or a couple little blades and buries itself in someone's head. Yeah. And it looked cool, but in my, all it takes is, you know, a quick gesture of the hand and you could probably knock the thing away, you know? <laughs> Um, and then I got two more, uh, Indiana Jones bullwhip and that it's a, I suppose it's a weapon, uh, and it's iconic, but it's, you know, I guess he only really killed maybe one person with the whip, which would have been in Temple of Doom when he is, the whip got, you know, tangled up in the, in the ceiling fan in the temple and the guard and whatever, but it's still, it's, it's just very iconic weapon. Agreed. And there you go. That's my honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, I, my list is as big as yours. Okay. First up is Cloud Sword, the Buster Sword from uh, Final Fantasy VII. I guess it's a game, but also it, he had it in Advent Children, the movie. Uh, the reason it didn't make the list is because it's ridiculously anime. Over I, That thing's got to weigh 700 pounds. There's no way anyone could actually wield that sword. It's massive. Super cool looking, though. Uh, next up, I wanted to have a 50 caliber sniper rifle in my, uh, suitcase, I guess. And uh -huh. the first one that came up when I Googled it was Smoke and Aces. And I went and watched the clip. Yeah. She's sure. taking out people from the other building. You know that 50 caliber sniper rifle. You know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, I right? know exactly which one you're talking Long about. Long yep. barrel and that huge thing on the end of it the, to suppress. Yeah. yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, That's next up, one. T2 gets a double hit. The minigun. Predator, same thing, same weapon, and the grenade launcher, when he uses both of them to not kill anybody. Uh, but it would take a damn Terminator to carry that frickin' weapon. Otherwise, yeah. it just wouldn't be carried. Uh, the Walther PP9s. Oh, sorry, Walther P99s. Uh, uh, Selena uses them in the Underworld series, and uh, Brosnan carried them uh, as Bond. The, those, oh, yes! That was the new Bond pistol? Because yeah. mm -hmm. the old Bond pistol is a Walther something or other. It's a Which a, they bring back with the Daniel Craigs. Yeah, it's... What? Did they? I, I, I thought they did. I gotta watch them again. I haven't seen them in quite a while, but... Uh, it's always been a Walther. Well, with... Uh, Pierce Brosnan. Brosnan, thank you. With Brosnan, they updated with the most current ones, and those P99s are the shit. I've held them. We have held them. They, we used them as a prop in the one movie that we did. We had yes. fake ones. Those things are the shit. Uh, okay, getting back to Freddy. Uh, Wolverine's claws. Now, Wolverine's claws are the shit. And Freddy's glove is scary as hell. But if you actually break down these weapons, they're not going to make the list for me. And that's because I don't quite understand the physics of them. Uh, for Freddy's claws, think about it, okay? How are they connected to the glove? They've got a little ring around the the tips. Exactly, I know. Of each, and it's like to Wouldn't actually. Be floppy? <laughs> well, to actually use them, you're counting on all of the 
pressure power of your first knuckle on each finger. Like, you could do some slashing for sure, but if anybody just kind of put up a hand, you're not cutting through trees with that shit. Wolverine's claws, they're made of animanium, the most invincible metal of all time. Okay, great, they're also connected right to his hand, right here. But in the movies, he's like cutting through three-inch thick steel. Like, your hand would bend back. Like, he's not, he doesn't have super strength. He has normal strength, he has a healing yeah. ability, but the amount of power that would... You, you're not Superman. You don't have alien abilities. It just... It doesn't quite make sense. Uh, next up is the... Oh, I'm, there's no way I'm going to pronounce this right. Or a Chalicum Combat Knife. Uh, Spriggan. Do you remember Spriggan, the anime movie? I do, yep. He has that knife that he keeps in the small of his back. It's a small battle knife, similar to like a Rambo knife, but it has the ring that we talked about on Ashitaka's sword. I believe it does. I could be wrong, but I believe it has that ring on it, too. And he pulls that out of the small of his back and chops that guy's arm. That knife is so damn awesome. Uh, next up, from Berserk, Guts Dragon Slayer. Guts wants to get stronger, so he carries a sword that's too heavy to wield. And when he gets strong enough that he can wield that sword, he gets a new sword. So he starts off with this really long sword that, I mean, it's like eight feet long and, I don't know, six inches wide. And by the time you get to the end of the series, he's carrying a sword that's more ridiculous than Cloud's Buster Sword. It's it's like ten feet long and, you know, uh, twenty inches wide and, and about six inches thick. Like, it, it has to weigh fifteen hundred pounds. There's, you, no one could ever lift it. But that's what he does to keep him, to get himself stronger. Is he keeps getting bigger and badder uh, swords. Is that is that similar to I thought it was Final Fantasy, or I mean that's probably the games where there, there's I just re- remember like huge huge or maybe it was you know what maybe it was um, our fighting game that we used to play all night long, um, Soul Calibur. There was some some huge like well that was abnormally... that was Cloud's Buster Sword that I was talking about for Final Fantasy VII. But the the game that we used to play that you're talking about. Yeah, that's like that, too. That We're just ridiculous. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah, that's so cool. Next up, and this one was real close to making the list, Blade. Blade Sword. Mmm, good one. I didn't think about that. Uh, and these two were actually on the list until I realized that, oh, my little card that I write the list on had stuff on the back, and I forgot I had things I wanted to add, so it got deleted at the last minute. But the uh, sword, the Green Destiny. Do you know what movie that was from? Crouching no, Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Drawn a blind. But you've got to oh, be cool. a real master to wield that thing. And lastly is the PKD Blaster from Blade Runner. I thought about that. I actually thought about Harrison Ford's Blaster in Blade Runner because it's so... Yeah, well, it's the, all of these are cool looking. Yeah. Uh, even Han Solo's Blaster is super cool, but it's just a gun. It's just bang, bang. Yeah. It's nothing special. Yeah. I actually thought about... Uh, and I didn't... Well, yeah, all of this weapon talk, it made me think of, uh, which Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, made me think of the Flying Guillotine, which I thought that was really cool, but if I, if you really think about it, it's like, it's a top hat with blades on it <laughs> attached to a chain. Put your head in here! You put, here, put it on, put it on, or let me just time it perfectly as I throw it, and your head gets lobbed off. Great. <laughs> yep. Okay, anything else for the segment? I don't think so. That was fun. I could like. I have a feeling we could probably just talk about weapons like this for the, an entire episode. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, okay, recently watched. You're up first. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's, of course, the first movie I'm going to be talking about because it is awesome, of course. It's Quentin Tarantino, his ninth movie. Uh, I saw this with my buddy Steve and his brother Maynard this past weekend, and um, I, I always get nervous on opening weekends, but the crowd was great. There was It was quiet, and I... I had a pretty good hunch I was going to love the movie. Steve had actually seen it a few days earlier. And this is like, with trailers, this is three hours. And I'm like, wow, this is a whole nother three hours that you're going to be sitting in on this. And he's like, oh, I can't wait. Uh, and rightly so. I By the time the credits rolled, I'm like, I can't wait to watch this again and just catch all the little little 60s, early 70s, not early 70s, but late 60s things that Tarantino put in this. Here's the weird thing about this movie is I don't want to say it's not about anything but it's there's barely a plot there's a story but the plot is not really there and that's great it's fine like I I just enjoyed listening to to uh, Brad Pitt's character and especially DiCaprio's character just talking and just going through their kind of middle-aged lives over the course of a couple days in Hollywood and just how old Hollywood used to be. And then along with that, we have the Sharon Tate, Roman Polanski characters and their their whole deal with Charlie Manson and his uh, band of cults, or in this movie, they're just called hippies, uh, but or fucking hippies, a lot. Oh, lots of fucking hippies. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. A Tarantino movie had a lot of F-bombs? No, oh, I, I don't know if I can deal with that, sir. Oh, please someone give DiCaprio an Oscar. He's so overdue for one, and he's so perfect in this. And so is Brad Pitt. They were both, they were both so good. Uh, It's, it's great. I, I think that because of, you know, you have to sit through so many damn trailers. um, You know, I was like, ah, this is, it's, it's long. I wasn't bored, but... This is the type of movie that I would watch at home over the course of two nights and and love it even more. But having said that, for my first viewing in the theater, it was just fabulous. Just wonderful movie. Wonderful. I can't speak highly enough of it. And uh, how he plays with... how Tarantino, I'm not going to spoil it, but how he plays with uh, changing history like he did in Inglorious Bastards is... It's so... Great! I just want to stand up and cheer and hoot and holler and kiss the screen. <laughs> it's kind of getting semi mixed reviews. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that because nobody's really super shitting on it. But it's sort of like what I'm seeing is it's middle of the pack Tarantino, which in my book. So in that Jackie Brown ballpark, I'm like, I'm good with that. That's awesome. That's yeah. great Tarantino. Even the worst Tarantino, which in my opinion is Pulp Fiction, unpopular opinion. I'm like. It's still a good movie. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I would say that this... I think that Steve put this upper tier, and I think that at this point I would probably put it mid-tier on my first viewing, but I, I, Jackie Brown is a great comparison. I would say that this is uh, probably the closest to Jackie Brown of all of his movies. Like, this feels a bit kind of like that. Mm. Lots of... Obviously, all his movies have tons of dialogue, but something about the way it's paced and laid out is a little bit like Jackie Brown, which I love Jackie Brown. So I love all his movies. I You love Jackie Brown after a rewatch, but I did. I did. Uh, when I saw the trailer, I was like, Hey, that looks like Jackie Brown. 
And most other people, or most of the internet, seem to be like, "Oh, that looks like Jackie Brown," and, you, you know. And I, yeah, I was mm-hmm. like, uh, "Guys, that's a really good movie." And, and they're like, eh, "It's no Pulp Fiction," and I'm like, "Oh God, shut up!" No. Yeah, it's not Pulp Fiction, and that's I'm perfectly okay. He made his Pulp Fiction. I don't do that again. Do, do different. This is different. Yeah, totally different. It is funny, and I mean, it's almost heartbreaking with with DiCaprio's character. Damn, is it good. I mean, he gets such great performances out of his actors. It's so good. Uh, I, I felt like Sharon Tate's, like uh, Margot Robbie, uh, I, I, this is my first viewing, but I felt like there were there's some stuff with her in it that I'm like, eh, is that really necessary? And then we get to the end, and I'm like, I get it. Uh, but that was the only kind of sort of slow part for me is when we would jump to Sharon Tate's, uh, like her doing her own thing kind of in Hollywood, but it was still fine. I like, I, it's hard for me to find at fault with anything in this. Uh, I do, I do think that whenever I watch a Tarantino movie, it feels like I've got a like, okay, where does that fall? And now I have to think of like, oh, all his other movies, where do they fall? I still think that Kill Bill... Whole Bloody Affair is number one, or parts one and two. I think that's number one for me. But I gotta say, upon rewatch, I think that The Hateful Eight might actually be my second favorite Tarantino movie. It, really? It, I, I love that movie so much. The acting in it is so good, and just the build up. I, I definitely, and I watched that not long ago, definitely liked Hateful Eight better than this movie. But that's just me. I think the, the little tiny nods to the John Carpenter's The Thing is in there. I just, the dialogue is fantastic in that movie it anyway but having said that i'll probably watch this movie again and be like oh that's up, that's upper tier that's number one <laughs> uh are you gonna watch the netflix uh episodic version of the hateful eight that that's what i did i watched oh, that. really okay yes and i was never bored never bored i more give me more i'm i'm not so knocking good. it i think it's it's an excellent piece i just uh, there's yeah. other works he's done that i appreciate more yeah, actually, I'm halfway through. I would have reviewed. I'm not going to review it today, but I'm halfway through Django Unchained because I am like I have to watch another Tarantino movie now. I'm like, well, Django, I haven't watched for a little while, so I'm halfway through Django, and I I would say that's maybe lower tier for me as much as I love it. It's just the subject matter and what goes on in the movie is so rough with slaves and just uh, it's like it's not as fun of a watch until the very end. Oh, he whips ass, but just. There's so much racisty stuff in it, which obviously that's what the movie's about, but it's it's not an easy watch. I know what you're talking about, and it's on my stack to rewatch here uh, so, at some point because I that's one that I haven't watched many times. I want to see it again. Yeah. You want, okay. You want to do another one, or you want me to go? Um, I've got one more theatrical movie to do, uh, but I mean, well, we can... yeah, let me do one, and then you can do one. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's talk about. God Eater. Season one. It's an anime show. But another one that I burned through in like a couple of days because, as we talked about before, it's got lots of uh, stuff at the beginning and ending of every uh, episode that you can just skip. Set in a uh, post-apocalyptic Japan in the year 2071, the world has been mostly destroyed by by mysterious monsters known as the Aragami, an organization known as Fenrir was made to exterminate Aragami using god arcs, weapons made from the Aragami cells. But they only work with specific people and specific DNA and specific body types or something like that. 
this was awesome. And one of the most anime animes I've watched in an anime anime time. <laughs> Hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's one of those animes where you're like, yeah, that's a that's a trope of anime. I like that. And they're like, oh, we're doing 12 more things like that. <laughs> you're one of the chosen one. You're the only one that can defeat the monsters that are Godzilla-sized, that have destroyed the world. Here's your weapon that only you can wield. And it's a... <laughs> it's a VW bus on a stick. <laughs> you know, and... Hmm? Uh, well, it doesn't, it, okay, it doesn't start off that way. It starts off like a couch on a stick. <laughs> and there, he's just whipping through with this quote-unquote sword special weapon. Uh, but then he hits a button and it turns into a machine gun, Gatling gun, uh, bazooka gun thing. And he shoots them with his couch stick thing. And then he hits another button and then just a dragon, it transforms and a dragon kind of comes out of it and defeats the enemy and he's like wow this is crazy and i'm like wow you're an anime <laughs> <laughs> but it was still awesome uh, uh what other anime things are in here oh underboob lots and lots of underboob we gotta have that the girls they wear shirts that come down to here but they f they flap up uh but you don't see any nipples but just lots of underboob uh, i like that yep. i'm okay with underboob yep or the, or they wear full tops with their halter tops with open backs and the giant V-neck splits. Remember, I sent you a picture one day. I said, I'm watching cartoons. Uh, giant, huge, triple G boobs. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you would never wear that in a combat. That does not make any sense that you would expose yourself that way. But I'm okay with it. Uh, but, uh, and, of course, then towards the end, you know, his weapon breaks. And he's got to get a new weapon. And they for the final battle, they construct him a new weapon. And that's when he gets the VW bus on a stick. And is flinging it around with just like, it's nothing. I'm like, oh, that guy weighs 110 pounds sopping wet and tiny little skinny arms. But, uh, yeah, he's winging that weapon around like it ain't no thing. So, yeah, good thing he's one of the guys that can wield a god arc and kill all the god eaters. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> would I, I mean, I'm assuming that I would probably. You might like that. this, but I don't think it's, I mean, it's gory, but it's not. I don't think it's gory enough for you, and it's, it's like it said, it's got some of the nudity stuff, but it's not, it's, it's PG-15, uh, so I don't, it's not enough that I'm like, you gotta see this, I, uh, if you wanna give it a shot, you can, but I don't know if it's an, I, it's probably a little an too anime for you, sir. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, but I quite enjoyed it, and I have moved on to another anime, I don't even remember what the name of it is right now, but. Continuing on, getting rid of these animes that are... Sounds like I'm miserable getting through them. I'm not. I'm just checking them off the list. Netflix keeps adding new ones like crazy. I know that we always bitch about what's on Netflix, but if you're into anime, sh shit, they got new anime. Yeah. So, it's good for that. Uh, you go ahead, and then well, I'll talk about one more movie. So, you, okay. one more for you and one more for me. Okay. Um, my other theatrical viewing was Anna from Luke Basson. It's at the Dollar Theater. Went with my buddy. And, um, sorry to say that wasn't worth the $3. Uh, was worth zero. That was bad. There's a reason that movie has made $7 million in the, the U.S. box office. It was, that movie was broken. Actually, I told my buddy afterwards, like, I'm not sure where 
it got broken, but that movie is broken. Uh, there's a good idea in there, and Luc Besson does really good with the whole, you know, woman assassin type things or women empowerment type movie. Um, but the decision to hop around with years, like six years earlier, three months later, two years earlier, to where it's like, what? You're like, it was needlessly confusing, especially for what it was. And far too long. This is two hours long. And while I really liked the actual Anna character, I liked, like, she was a beautiful actress. And she was, there was a couple of really, really good action scenes. And Lupasan does really good with shooting action scenes. There was a shootout in a restaurant that was by far the highlight of the movie and about the only reason to watch the movie. Uh, but other than that, my lord, was that a slog to get through him. Mean, he was, my buddy was bored to tears. I was bored shitless. Just with the jumping around and then the double crossing towards the end where it's like, oh, great. And at that point, you just don't care anymore. You don't care that it's such a long, long process of, oh, you did this as a setup for blah, 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 to get to blah, blah, blah. And now you're free and ugh. This should have been a good movie. This should have been an hour 25 lean, mean French assassin lady movie, but instead it was just stuffed way too much with subplots. And like I said, the the killer, the main killer of the movie was the jumping all over the place to where I, I hate that. I hate uh, the time jumps. I hate it. It's, and it's so it was like it was needless. Like you didn't really maybe once you could have done once or twice, but it was constant. And it was like it wasn't like it didn't match up. So it was like okay, now wait, we're three years past and now we're two years and now like it's like what in the hell so it was i haven't seen that bad of a movie in the theater in a long time like for the most part like for the most part even like men in black international or whatever that wasn't a very good movie but it was okay for what it was but this here no this is barely a netflix roulette Oof. yeah especially the two hour that runtime good god i mean i I wouldn't be surprised if you watch it at some point. And it is a Luke Besson movie, but you better set your expectations in check. But <laughs> I will. <laughs> okay, last for me is Shazam. Oh, hey, there we go. Yeah, one of the latest from DC. Uh, Billy Batson shouts one word, Shazam, and the streetwise 14-year-old foster kid can turn into the grown-up superhero Shazam. A lot of people have been comparing this to Big, but with superpowers, and that's not terribly far off in my opinion it's an action adventure comedy horror tween movie that's what this is do you get all that yep action adventure comedy horror tween tween is kind of there are shades of of gremlins kind of horror in here where it's you can tell that a horror director knows who knows how to do horror has directed certain scenes of this movie you know what I mean? Yep. When he brings in a little bit of the horror stuff and you're like, that's good. That's real good. I really appreciate that gremlins kind of creepy horror stuff. Uh, I'm not, I mean, as the comic book guy on this show, I don't know a terrible lot about Shazam. Most of what I know from Shazam is from Kingdom Come, and that's like the end of his life. I don't know much about the origin. I know that there's a Shazam family uh, uh, where he's got a whole bunch of his 
brothers and sisters of Shazam's as, as, as well. Oh, Shazamly. <laughs> Shazamly. Yeah, there you go. That might be the title. <laughs> <laughs> and that comes into play in this in the movie, and I really appreciated that. It, I mean, it hit the couple of high no- uh, notes that I uh, of things that I know about Shazam, but I don't really know that much about Shazam. It's it's a fine movie. It's a good movie. I wasn't blown away by it. I wasn't as taken by it as some of my friends seem to be. Uh, not because it's bad, just because it's it's more for a teenager than it is for me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's it's. And that's fine. And I, I feel like you'll have the same reaction when you watch it. It's in my voodoo, so you don't have to rent it. Uh, I've, one you could watch with Joni. Okay. As far as the, the, the DC movies go, it's got some dark stuff in it, but I, I there's a pretty good chance that I, while I was watching this movie, I was like, there's a pretty good chance that Eugene likes this more than me because there Ooh. are a lot of Harry Potter shade in this or like the darker Harry Potter movies. That's kind of how this feels. And because it's magic, there's a lot of magic in this movie. And I think they even pay homage to Harry Potter because the one kid in it has Harry Potter glasses. Oh, and it's cool. very prominent. Like this is again, I, maybe that's in the comics. I don't know because I don't know the, this character that well, but I, I think it would be one of the dark on the darker side for your wife. But I think if she can handle those Harry Potter movies, she should be okay with this. Yeah. Uh, so you might want to watch it with her just uh, for you temper expectations a little bit. Um, but on the other hand, you might, you might be like, this was awesome. But uh, you go for that PG 13 magic, dark Harry Potter stuff. I do a little more than me. Whereas I was watching this. And I was, I went in with high expectations. My friends were like, this is awesome. People that I trust. Yeah. And then I went and I was like, eh, waiting for it to get awesome. I mean, it's good, but seeing all the best bits in the trailer, kind of, um, eh, was not impressed. After I was done with this, I was like, not impressed with the trailer. Not impressed. Oh, really? I, you, you, I feel like you showed some too much of your hand. Which, it happens far too often. Ah, that's, a, that's a Warner Brothers DC thing right there. Here's all the best bits of the movie. Oh, trust us. We didn't show you the best bits of the movie. And then you, oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of did. Is this, um, will this at all tie in with anything else? DC, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman? Oh, Batman's all over this thing. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, there's, there's the Batarang and they talk about Superman, Superman. I, yes, it, it, it does, but in an arm length kind of okay. uh, way, you know, it's, it's, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Uh, definitely worth a watch. I, again, I think, I think you and Joni might like it more than me. No, uh, maybe we'll rent it on, well, or yeah, we'll, we'll check it out when we're in Florida. Yeah, you don't have to rent it. Yeah. It's on my voodoo. So. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, as, as well as a bunch of other shit that I, is going to be coming soon. What's coming soon for you, sir? Uh, coming soon for me is a cold pursuit. The new Liam Neeson movie that's in my voodoo. Ah, and... oh, well, did you watch the original? What? Uh, the original, that's a remake. The original of that was a roulette movie that I watched with a, uh, what's his fucking name? Uh, the scientist guy in Thor. Oh, Skarsgård. Yeah. Stones. Oh, no shit. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. 
So if you don't like, uh, here's the thing. If you don't like that one, or, well, even if you do like it, you should go watch the original because the original was good. Okay. Um, cool. Um, I'm, uh, and now some of these I've watched and I just haven't had a chance to review, but I did rewatch Quarantine and Quarantine Terminal. And I would like to talk about those on the show at some point, uh, especially with, uh, with found footage movies kind of being kind of sort of a thing of the past now. I'd like, I revisited those. Uh, what else? Oh, I watched the new Girl Spiders web movie. I want to review that at some point. And um, as far as uh, new stuff, I'm going to probably watch Lion King while I'm in Florida. And my wife really wants to watch Hobbs and Shaw, so I can't imagine we're going to watch both of them. But one of those two we'll probably watch when we're in Florida. So look for those reviews next episode. And I'm sure that there's some other stuff that I'm going to be watching while finishing up Django. Uh, which I'm not sure if we've ever even talked about. I'm guessing when we did our top 10 Tarantino, we talked about Django, but uh, I might talk about it a little bit more with a fresh rewatch. Okay. I'll try and get a watch too. Okay. Uh, Coming soon for me, Hunter Killer. Uh, Remember that one, the submarine movie with uh, the guy from Olympus Has Fallen? No, Gerard Butler. There you go. Uh, Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That trailer was awesome, and my friends online have been raving about this animated movie, and I can't wait to watch it. Oh, really? That, did, I, that does look good. Yeah. Uh, and the new Hellboy. All stuff that's been added to my voodoo. Thank you, Dave. I'll be watching probably as soon as humanly possible. I am so uh, curious where you're going to fall on Hellboy. I, I know that Steve was like, eh, it was, you know, our buddy Steve was like, it wasn't bad. And... Who knows? You know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I hear it's gory and just, but not quite as good as the others. Yeah. Oh, did, now, did you rewatch Captain Marvel? I did. Okay. Well, we can talk about that later. Did you rewatch it? No, but I actually, it's in my voodoo now. I found a cheap copy and that's one that's, it's Marvel. So I want to own that. So I have a, I have a copy on voodoo and that's one that my wife, any Marvel movie, she's like, Yep, let's watch it. So I'll give that one a rewatch too, actually, here pretty soon. That could even be a Florida one. Okay. It got added to my voodoo as well. Thank you, Dave. Yeah. I'm <laughs> so looking forward to rewatching that one because that one there I I quite liked. Even with the mess up with the theater, the first viewing I walked out on. But that was a good movie. I would dare say that was better than the new Spider-Man. Which Spider-Man? The newest one that just came, that's in the theaters right now. Oh, Far From Home? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because if you're talking Spider-Verse, then fighting words. No, 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 no. I don't know about that. Yeah. Spider-Verse is amazing. Yeah. Next level. Yeah. But I'm, I can't wait to hear. I mean, because I know you watch all the Marvel movies. I will. You, I mean, do you think you're going to try and watch Spider-Man in the theater or no? No, probably not. No. Uh, Batman and lightsabers, dude. No, oh. <laughs> that, that's what that's what gets me in the theater. That's that's about it. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I mean, there's some stuff that I want to see, but it's I just I can't get there, man. Yeah. Even the the new Tarantino, it look, it's a new Tarantino. Of course, I'll watch it. And... Three hours, dude. You're sitting in the theater for three hours, and then you tack on the if you even if you go to your your closest theater, that's at least a half hour drive. So. It's and a, they don't have new seats. They got the old seats. And anything over two hours is... Yeah, I, I'm I'm limping because my hips hurt because I'm an old man for the next couple days. Nah. <laughs> I mean, it looks good. I, I would love to watch it. I just... Am I going to go to the theater to watch it? Nah, it doesn't look that good. If it, if it... I don't know. If it were set in a different period or something. I don't know. Just as far as Tarantino yeah. goes, eh. 
Death Proof. If it were Death Proof, I'd go see it. It's it doesn't look like Death Proof. It yeah. looks like Jackie Brown, which is fine. I'll I'll enjoy that at home. Yeah, yeah. There's still an open invite for Three from Hell. Uh, Steve and I have our tickets, all fifteen dollars worth per person. <laughs> oh my gosh, why? Oh, I'm a completist. I have to watch them all, all the zombie movies in the theater, all Rob Zombies. I, I, you might have had me up until that fifteen dollars. You're going. You're going to the X or what? Is it a big theater? No. Oh no no no. Who? This is a small theater at Tinseltown. Why is it fifteen bucks? It's Fandango, whatever. Ding dong, a ding dong, a dong, whatever. Oh, it's it's not getting released. No, it's three days only, and it's the un like it's unrated. So night number one, they're giving out free posters with it. Night number two, there's a thirty minute making of attached to the end of it, and then night number three. It's The Devil's Rejects and Three from Hell. So you can pick. So I'm, so Steve and I, actually Steve had some football mumbo-jumbo going on on Monday. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> mumbo I would have picked that because I'm like, ah, free poster. But he, so, it's, so, so your options are day one, here's some shit that you can throw away. Day two, here we're going to make it way too long about shit you don't care about. And day three, <laughs> here's two shitty movies before the third shitty movie. <laughs> Not two, just one. Oh, no, and Devil's Rejects, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah and actually i checked in i mean it's gonna sell like i'm assuming that they're all gonna sell out the night number one there's only a few seats left and night number two there's the seats are very limited and then third night there's more seats but yep oh i'm sure those are all champions among, among oh the people. i'm, I'm uh, one of them I'm, yeah it's it's not gonna be full of those people like we we saw the uh, uh that lloyd kaufman release with how do I get my money back? <laughs> it's not going to be any of that, I'm sure. Yeah. I... Like, why are you even here? Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, should we go, like, should we do a whole cosplay thing up where I'm actually Captain Spaulding and I've got the, you know. Yeah, I think you should. If that's the case, you've got to come up. Mm. you got to be Sherry Moon Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, leather chaps and nothing else and going to the pussy liquor and, oh, that would be so great. Please. What if I did. I, what if I showed up and I instead of uh, exposing myself, I had a strap on, but I just put on, t- <laughs> have my man tits hanging out. Oh, you should. You so should. I would literally. I will dress up as Captain Spaulding if you dress up as Sherry Moon Zombie from yeah, House of no. a Thousand Corpses. Wow. No shit. What? What? How adventurous are you? Guess what? I'll dress up as a clown too if you go with the, as a woman with your tits and dick hanging out. <laughs> How brave am I? Or, or you can you call dibs on um, on uh, Bill Mosley's character, the whatever the long haired dude, and Steve can be Sherry Moon Zombie, or maybe Steve can be Sherry Moon Zombie. How are they still alive? Huh? They just they just magically survived all them bullets and hell sent them back. That's kind of what the trailer. Yeah, that's said. what the trailer is selling it as, and I'm yep. All right. I mean, any. I mean, it's. I. They could have. Yeah, Harry Potter magicked their way back into the. Back. In. I guess if if lightning can bring Jason dead, rotted, mostly rotted corpse back to life, why not? Yeah. Oh, I can't. I'm can't wait. So, I think you should come up for it. But I'll. The ball's in your court. <laughs> balls in my court. Yep. I'm. I. I, th- I will politely decline on ah. that. I seriously tried for uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, but I had a golf uh, out at work golf outing. Uh, so I. I. I wasn't done in time. Yeah. I tried though, but 
Yeah. They were like Jello shots, and I was like, eh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Jello shots, and here's four beer tickets. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think you would have bailed too. I, uh, Free booze, dude. Yeah, that's that doesn't happen often. Yeah. But we'll, we'll we'll let's just let's just table three from hell for now. We're gonna table that. We'll revisit that at a later date. But we're not gonna take too long because these are in demand tickets and they're gonna sell out. So let's just circle the wagons again here in a couple weeks. I'm Eugene Weaver. <laughs> oh, and uh, happy birthday, Frank Stallone. See you next week. for listening. Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us facebook.com backslash moviefreakspod on Twitter at moviefreakspod. Drop us an email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl.